Hello. Welcome to Why Not Both. My name is Pam Schaefer, and I'm a musician and therapist in Los Angeles. Why Not Both is all about how our multiple passions inform our identity. And this season, we are brought to you by Under the Radar magazine and produced by Laura Studeris. If you like what you hear, please make sure to like us and subscribe to us on your favorite podcast platform and come spend time with us on social media. We are at WNB the podcast, and that is both on Instagram and on Twitter. A few years ago, I quite accidentally met Aurora while swimming in the pools in Reykjavik. And now in quarantine, we got to have a chat for the podcast. So sometimes life takes you in unexpected directions. I hope that you enjoy our interview. First, I should welcome you to the podcast. So welcome to the podcast. In some ways, it's a blessing that I can do it over Zoom because um, you're in Norway and not in my living room. <laughs> I know there are so many things to learn, but it's kind of, it's good that we don't have to travel that much. I hope that we'll, we'll take that part with us after the, the pandemic is, is over. That is true. I did... Um, I got really excited when you said that about traveling because you um, you had posted about being an ambassador for like lowering carbon emissions and like reducing one's carbon footprint while touring and such. Yes, well, I first I I heard about choose with with three O's <laughs> mm-hmm. about a half year ago. Uh huh. And since then, I've always wanted to join them, because um, I knew that they could help me with you know, their expertise, they could help me um, helping the world as as much as I can because I I love the world, I love the environment, I love the environmental battle because it's it's such a universal thing and it's one of the only battles that um, touches every single living thing, the animals and the people, you know, so it's such um it feels so big and wholesome because we are all children of the earth and blah 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 um, <laughs> so i just really wanted to work with them uh, especially because my work brings a lot of um traveling yeah that's where you earn the money when you're an artist to kind of pay your employees and to to keep the wheel going round you have to travel quite a lot. And I guess in many ways, that's much better than to have all your fans travel to you because I know one way or another, people will try to find live music, you know? Yeah. So of course it's, it's better that, that we travel around the world than, than all the world traveling to <laughs> us <laughs> in one way. Um, um, but then I just thought that with shoes, I can, um, I can, kind of what do you call it? Zero out. I can kind of yeah, yeah, like canceling. Yeah, yeah, so yeah. I'm cleaning as much air as I'm polluting with the traveling, and it's very exciting. And I think I'm one of the first verified artists uh, by the UN and choose to do this. So it's very fun. It's so funny when you said it's like you're, you're tidying what, like the mess you're making. It's like you're being responsible for yourself, which I think that I wish that yes. there were more ways that I knew of to do that in regards to travel. And though, you know, though I do think it's better that, because I can, I can do, or it's easier for me, I guess, than for every single private person, uh, for mm-hmm. me that has a company. Right. I, it just seems easier for me to, to kind of a cooperate with a company um to to clean up after myself so maybe that's the good thing about that that it's the artists traveling around because we can also much easier get access to help um, yeah like that so that's kind of that's brilliant i like that philosophy a lot <laughs> and i think that once uh gosh once we can go places i was like <laughs> looking around my living room I'm like hello living room it's you and me again (laughs) I did get new curtains that did spruce up my living room um are they blue 
You know what's funny? I got one that's blue and it's in my bedroom along with one that's purple there. And then I got pink ones for my living room. So even if I do draw them during the day, it makes it look kind of like like a little pink heart in here. Yeah, beautiful. Thank you. Yeah, it's just like, oh, I went for a wide spectrum there. And <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's good. Spectrums. When we actually can travel, how nice it will be to see live music again. But also that people have been quite innovative with how to experience music. And you put something on, I believe it was on Wednesday of last week. Yes, it was on Wednesday last week. I made, I just tried to make a little festival for, um, you know, the usual to make people happy at home and, and stuff like that. And also help up and coming artists, because I know it's quite critical for them to be able to, you know, build up their name. And this virus um, is stopping many of us in, in doing what we planned. But I think for new and up and coming artists, it can be quite a critical thing that kind of may destroy for them. Yeah. May, you know, so I just wanted to, to do something um, oh. that could, could kind of give, uh, give them some new fans. I don't know. I think my my fans like the like a lot of the music that I like. Yeah, um, but I think they got some new fans. <laughs> I hope so. I love that the consideration. I hadn't thought of that. Of you know that so much is digital anyway. But for newer artists right now, it might be very difficult to break through. Yeah. I guess I don't know what to call it. I I feel bad when people call it like breaking through the noise because I don't think that really like we should discard things that people are making or say that like, oh, there's one person that should just like come out on top, but there's so much that trying to help people sort through it so that their voice can be heard is really challenging. Yes, agree. Um, so I really like that you used your platform for that. That's really cool. Thanks. <laughs> <laughs> what was it like actually running a festival? Like, I was like, that seems like a lot of work. Yeah, it was a lot of work, but I have the time now. <laughs> So it's it's fine, and you you get used to as an artist, or I guess in many professions that I also don't know about. But you get quite used to working without um, kind of getting paid, if that makes sense. <laughs> yes. And I guess you know what I'm talking about, and many oh, yes. people can be creative businesses, or you know, you get used to that you have to work. Uh, a lot without knowing if you'll get anything back and maybe one day it all comes to uh you 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 get you get back for all the work you did <laughs> <laughs> in this case all the money was split between the artists um which i which i hope can help help them do something i don't know but i hope it can help in some way uh, but it was really fun i really enjoy being um interviewer or like um you know what do you call the person who's talking all the time in the <laughs> I like being that person. It was very fun. And it was very fun to kind of push them um by asking, you know, way too deep, way too large questions that's impossible to answer. Um and and that's how I learned how what a profession that is to actually be an interviewer how complicated it is to actually find out what is the right thing to ask a person you know um, and I kind of know what a talent that actually is for people you know in people that are actually good uh, when I was trying to do it myself it's very hard to ask people questions it is. You have to somehow like read the person accurately while then yeah. thinking like several steps ahead. <laughs> yeah, but you have. And I really noticed that well, that's a really, it's a real talent and it's really hard. And I'm going to give kudos to every person interviewing me f uh, from now on. Um, <laughs> because it's, uh, it's uh, yeah, it's really hard. And you have to kind of look at the person and ask what, you know, what, what will be the best moment and what how can you get the best out of this person it might be a different question than you had planned so i often had to kind of change my mind and ask them i don't know no it was um it was um a learning experience <laughs>
That's fascinating. It sounds almost like when, I don't know if you've had this experience, but when you're recording with someone and like you have an idea in your head of what you might want them to do on the instrument that you don't play that they play, but then all of a sudden they play something completely different and you're like, oh, hold up. Like, actually, that was better. Oh, wait, that actually changes what I'm doing over here. Okay. (laughs) And all of a sudden it turns into this dance where you're like, wait, you surprised me. Let me change course. Hang on a second. <laughs> it's, I it's a it's perfect. It's a that's when it it becomes true magic between people when you can make something together that it didn't only come from you know the the intended wish you had for this person, but they just contribute whatever that they have in their heart to whatever you're doing and yeah it really that's the most magical thing I know when that happens and then still like a sense of trust that you have with someone that you can kind of give them your intention and they can give you an intention back and you can listen to it and go hmm this actually made a third bit (laughs) beautiful (gasps) Oh, this makes me want to just play lots of music now. (laughs) Me too. (laughs) And it's such a different world when you do get to kind of collaborate with others. I was wondering, like, I know that you'd been producing more of the stuff that was on your newer records. And I was wondering what's the difference for you, at least, when you are producing your own material versus when you're co-producing with someone else or even when you ask someone else to produce a song that you wrote. And well, I've always co-produced all of my songs because it doesn't make sense for me. You know, it's it's a very obvious thing I think for most people that writes their own music and and have an idea of how they want it to sound. It's it's not really special either because if you know, you know, and then you'll do anything um, to make the music sound just like you you dreamt it would in your mind, in your heart. And um, that's my favorite thing about being an artist, I think, is the producing part. That was the only difference between when I wrote songs at home and Mm -hmm. when I became an artist. The only difference was that now I'm in a studio and I'm gonna, and I have the tools and the chance to shape this song, this Mm -hmm. uh, soul and give it a body so it can survive out there in the world and it's um it's very fun and sometimes it's like i I just need a technician because i don't want to be stopped um by my own slow fingers Mm -hmm. that's nice to kind of just have someone you can boss around and tell them what to do and they will do it for you um and i often argue when people try to mean something about my music (laughs) so i'm actually (laughs) really bad in working with other people and I know that you can get a lot of good coming out of that so I know I have to learn you know not too much but I have to learn a bit more to trust people and to to kind of open up to other people's opinions um, <laughs> but it's difficult when it's your child you know <laughs> yes there's, um, yes yeah but I won't I won't um open up too much uh, just like a tiny bit because I might learn something but in my experience often you don't really get better things from other people than what you have in your own head when it comes to your own music mm-hmm. um, but then I have met people on my way that can understand the me mm-hmm. you know like me and my drummer Magnus we have made the first album together and a different kind of human and we also produced um, Exist for Love together. Ooh. So he really understands me and respects me and he can contribute to my music because he knows me already, you know, he knows what I like and he knows um, and if I explain to him that I wanted to sound like a volcano he knows what I what I mean. Yes. So it's all about that language, this floating thing, and the way we talk about music. That's very important because it's not the same word, lib- 
library. <laughs> you know, it has its own word library. Um, so it's very important that this person you're in the studio with is sharing that with you, if that makes sense. Oh, that, that completely makes sense to me. When someone understands your, like, because I guess when it's a vision, I was going to say your vision, but it's not because it's a sonic vision. And at least with visual visions, you could perhaps like sketch them out for someone. But when you're, when you're trying to describe like the emotion of the sound, um, if someone doesn't get that, it's, it's nearly impossible to describe. So when someone actually does get it, that's so just invaluable <laughs> like when someone actually gets it. It's, yeah, it's perfect. And I love producing together with one, one person or like with Magnus especially, because it's, um, it's very fun. It's very, very fun. It's like a dance and I really like dancing. <laughs> <laughs> I had actually wondered if you were a dancer because watching the way that you moved in your videos, I was like, gosh, she's so graceful at expressing her songs through her, through her body and through her hands and through her face. I was just like, I bet Aurora's a dancer. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I am actually, or I was. Um, I was a dancer for 10 years, but then I had to quit because uh, I became an artist and it, the, the dancing took a lot of time, but then mm. being an artist took even more time. Uh, but I can still dance. I just, I'm just not learning it from an, anyone. Mm. Uh, I'm just doing what feels right. Um, but yeah, I've definitely gotten used to movement and I find moving around very comfortable. At mm. times, even more comfortable than standing still. If that, makes sense. <laughs> that completely makes sense. Mm. And I love the way, I remember seeing you perform and you were wearing almost like, kind of like a skirt with multiple layers of it. So that way when you were dancing and when you were moving around the stage, it looks so ethereal and lovely. And I was wondering, did you design some of the clothes that you wear? Um, well, it kind of, I, I buy a lot of vintage. Um, or No, first of all, my older sister, um, Victoria, she is a designer and a, a seamstress. So oh. she can like, make things look very, very professional and proper looking. And, <laughs> me, and her, me and her make all the music video and um, yeah, mostly the, the, the music video attires together. Oh. And like when I went to the Oscars, me and her made my red carpet look. And because I like when I know where things are made from. I don't like the fashion industry and the factories so much. So I like knowing that, you know, we make, we make things ourselves and, yeah. you know, I like knowing where things come from. But besides from that, I make vintage clothes and I, I can't help it, but to cut into every clothing I have. <laughs> so those kind of skirts are often just some long skirts that I cut short and I put them on top. Yes. So, I'm just wearing like a lot of stuff I like, <laughs> like a jellyfish or like like something that could live in in the sea you know because I yeah. like light fabrics that could move in the air like almost like I, I was underwater because I feel like it gives such a magical look just like you you mentioned and I want my audience to be, be able to dream themselves away for the you know for the hour <laughs> well and that's such a beautiful experience to combine basically your talents and your sister's talents and then use those to serve the music in a way so that you have this beautiful visual of I love that like a jellyfish but in the air yeah. I was like ooh, that is a perfect description because yeah I remember seeing it it was like the lights kind of bounced off your skirt and I couldn't tell like yeah. how many layers there were but now that makes total sense that it looked like it was kind of rippling and I was like wow what a fascinating piece of clothing that looks so cool <laughs> you're welcome and that I mean that speaks to a certain dedication also to the songs that you're making like you said that it's like you know your music the best and you know the message of your songs the best and it sounds like you express them in so many different ways yeah well well music is more than sound and I think I know that you agree I can hear that and even in the curtains you you bought you know you 
we have like a bigger expression, I guess, of what is aesthetically pleasing to the yes. the brain and the heart. You know. Yes. For me, also, you know, it's it's all about the. It's everything. I have lots of dried flowers in my room, and they are kind of built around my piano, and they kind of look like an altar, mm-hmm. like in church, like someone have died. Mm-hmm. But in a, and I and I love being surrounded by my dried flowers when I write music because they are are beautiful, and they look old but young at the same time. And mm. and I love that about you know music and clothing and it's not the most important thing of course but when you have the time and you have the drive force to do it I don't mind um caring about that as well I find it really really fun um because it's a playground you know to just be playful and free and celebrating being a woman and you know it's just um fun well that sounds like when you said about you know as artists we do this work not knowing what we get back it sounds like in a way sometimes that's what we get back though of course we can't pay rent on fun alone at the same time it's that wholehearted feeling of just like I'm at least having a good time (laughs) (laughs) I'm like well I at least feel very at peace with myself this is good um and when when other people experience your music, that's I'm sure what they feel as well. And I love that you shared that with newer artists as well, that you kind of in a way like lent your audience to them by being like, hey, if you like me, you would like these other people as well. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes, well, I I have really beautiful, I still feel uncomfortable with, with calling people fans um because it's a strange term yeah that I don't really like i wonder what a better word is they are at least um beautiful people and i know that i attract my own kind and they're with me for a reason and they all have things they you know inside them that which makes my music feel like a home like for me, mm-hmm. my music is also a home together with all of these uh, creatures. <laughs> <laughs> and I I really adore them and they're really dedicated. And I guess that that will that is mostly the same with most fan bases around the world. But I just um, I just think they're really they seem like really beautiful beautiful people and mm. I just wish that I I would wish that upon um anyone (laughs) the great people um that i see commenting on my um, instagram every day i would i would love for them to for new artists to experience that kind of love because they give out so much love oh i just like touched my heart i was like that's so that's so sweet also knowing that like you said your music is your home and it's like you get to invite people in a way, into that. Yeah, it that, feels that like that. at home. <laughs> oh, <laughs> like that's so lovely. <laughs> yeah, especially, you know, when we were talking about why, why create things when you don't know what you're going to get back. Like, that's another thing that, you know, you never know what's going to happen when you do write a song or when you do put art out. Like, maybe... Yeah. Maybe very little will happen, but maybe a whole lot will happen. Yeah, you never know. And and also, or I hope at least for most people that it doesn't matter what you get back. Because at least you had fun while you made it. And with music, for me, I don't know, um, the, uh, this uh, coronavirus and suddenly being at home for a whole year and you can't really work or I have done you know some charity stuff and some Mm -hmm. online festivals but you don't really get to you know experience the same kind of you're in in the wind all the time I feel like I'm in the wind all the time when I'm touring and I'm always seeing people and there are people clapping everywhere and it's very like noisy but but beautiful Mm -hmm. and um, it's very strange 
suddenly being taken away from that. And then yeah. I had this whole idea that, oh, I will just release lots of music so I can kind of reach out to people now that we're all a bit isolated. And I started with Exist for Love a month ago. Um, but then, but then I, and I wanted to re release a new song about a week ago, but then I, um, somehow I didn't feel like it, it didn't feel right. And I think it's because of everything going on in the world um, with the virus and with Black Lives Matter, with yeah. Trans Lives Matter, with Pride Month and with all of the things going on. I think I've just realized just how little I care about success because there are so much bigger things and there are, there is always something to fight for and something to strive for that is so much more important than fame and stuff like that. And it's, um, it's really, um, it's really nice, even though it's devastating and you can feel the world upon you now, like a heavy blanket, which I think is good. Mm -hmm. It's good we can feel that. So we will keep fighting for a better world or at least crying for one. Um, but it's very interesting how it kind of opened my eyes a bit that I don't really need to release a new song. I don't I'm not in a hurry. I can wait for the world to calm down so there is room for something so little like a song, if that makes sense. It does make sense. And it sounds <laughs> like almost in like the healing it's I realized I even said the word healing instead of calm down. That's true. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah, definitely healing. Yeah, and that, you know, now is the time to speak out for the people who haven't had as much of a voice. And yeah. that way we can heal the harm that's been done. And yeah, knowing that there's a certain humbleness to that too, of knowing when it's time for your voice to be heard and when it's time to elevate someone else's. Yeah, it is. And it's very like, um, um, and, and, and that's good. And it's nice to feel that, oh, there is something way more important going on. And you can just, you know, you can just take your time and do that instead for a little while and do charity and kind of just focus on this big universal thing that we're all kind of focusing on right now. And I find it very, um, it's like you you get reminded of your human purpose and your human mm. nature, which is uh, is very calming. You know, it's easier to die when you've lived with with purpose mm. and everything less terrifying. Um, yeah. So I'm just um, you know, looking at the world and raising my voice, and then maybe in a while I'll release a new song when I feel like it's it's uh, suitable. I have the feeling you'll choose just the right moment. <laughs> You're a good listener. <laughs> I'm wondering, what does it look like? You know, I've been talking to several artists in the States and then talking to artists abroad. And I personally, I mean, I'm not a person of color and I find it so inspiring and wonderful that people around the world are waking up to the movement that you know it's kind of weird to think oh yeah the the first fire that was started was a few blocks from my house so I was on my rooftop um to see where everything was happening because I could see where the news helicopters were going yeah. um, and I you know a lot of my friends marched and a lot of you know people I know are so involved in it and seeing people around the world get involved has been has been wonderful because it, it brings the scope bigger than just oh this is something that's going on um in my city or my state or my country it's like no it's worldwide that people are waking up to this kind of just violent inequality yes yes I know and it's it's a it's about time it's it's hopeless to think about that we're still fighting for something that should be so easy to understand, you know, our right to feel equal and worthy as human being is such a basic thing that we should have understood a million years ago. Yeah. Um, so it's really, it's heartbreaking and in, 
encouraging at the same time to hear the whole world still fighting for it today. But yeah, it's definitely different this time. George Floyd took the, the breath from all of us and it seems like we just had enough. Yeah. And it's too late. With every person who have died, it's too late. But it's a, it's about time and it's special. It's different this time also. Because I've never seen so many white people raise their voices. I've never seen so many people talk about anti-racism. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. No, of course I'm not a racist. But like really attacking racism, you know. Because, I, um, yeah, it's, uh, it's very necessary and it's very... Um, and it's about time. And we have done it for the women and for the gays and we will keep doing it and now it's about time that the whole world kind of rises up um oh, it's about time i'm i'm staring into my wall as though i'm actually looking at you while you were saying that i was just like yes i am very here for this <laughs> <laughs> that feeling of just it's time and thinking of how in a strange way right before this we were all united in experience by the virus itself yeah and when you said it felt different i've been trying to sort out like why it feels different because i've participated in other things in black lives matter and i've participated in advocacy for others but this one does it does feel very different yeah it does i think maybe the coronavirus took away our, you know, first it took away the, you know, our feeling of safety and knowing that the stores had everything we 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 needed and we yeah. had toilet paper and it, it created this new kind of fear that people in our kind of societies haven't really felt in many 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 years, and and then I think you know it took people's lives, it took our grandfather grandparents' lives and. And we were scared and then we were isolated and then it took away our schools and the live music and the traveling. And I think we just been reminded somehow of our core because mm. everything's been stripped away. Mm-hmm. And I think that that was necessary for everyone to have time because n- no one is working now. So everyone can be yeah. out. Or like it seems like it it all had a meaning and um, maybe it didn't but it, it it seems it seems like it all makes sense like there's a reason why we we all feel different this time because we've been we we've kind of been reconnected with pain and with fear and with ourselves yeah more i don't know yeah um, but i'm happy that we i think and hope that the younger generations will create a better a better world with equality for all because they don't know how um unrealistic dreaming about a better world is mm. so they they will n- never stop fighting for it because they don't know <laughs> what a big battle it is. So they they won't be afraid, you know? And I think that's the beauty of young, the young, that they will just blindly fight for a better world because they don't know better, <laughs> if that makes sense. I say it's almost like inexperience works as an advantage because if you can dream of something better and you haven't yet dreamt of something worse, you're gonna obviously go with the better option. Yeah. So I hope, I hope that the world will stay changed for the better. Yeah, I, I can't imagine, well, I can't imagine, I guess I can imagine lots of things, but kind of people turning off the empathy that this has turned on. Like there are some people that I think have doubled down on kind of being afraid, but then there's other people who 
have had this experience where all of a sudden they are empathizing with people's experiences of pain and of death because of the coronavirus, because like you said, it kind of stripped everything else away. And so it makes it almost easier to empathize with others who are in pain, whereas before you might not have seen it or you might not have wanted to see it, I guess. Um, yeah. And now there's no choice. You're like, oh, I feel that way too. Yeah. <laughs> um, I get it. <laughs> yes, it's very, it's, yeah, it's very, um, uh, fascinating it's a very fascinating thing yeah it's very it's very strange I I loved reading about history as a child and then I studied classical history in college and never once did I think gosh it would be so great to live through (laughs) early historic times (laughs) it's like um (laughs) it was a little calmer just reading about them but (laughs) (laughs) I think of, you know, when you were saying about that as an artist, you get to then kind of lead the way in in tidying up carbon emissions. I think of the role of artists in all of this because people do look to their favorite artists and musicians for kind of what to do during a time like this. Yeah, it seems, it seems so. I find that very strange. I don't like that because there is not nothing that points to that any artists would know better in any moral question than any other person. But then I, I guess that's the nature in us that we, we tend to look to the people we admire. Mm-hmm. So there is no proof that they would <laughs> they will know any better than you. I think um, it's scary when it's with people that has really radical opinions about things. Then it's really scary, this stan culture. Yes. That can turn a whole crowd into a racist, for example. But as long as it's the, you know, kind, about kind matters, I think... It can it can be good, but but yeah, it's it's very it's a very strange thing. I find stand culture in general a really scary thing. I find it really, I find it so strange. Even though I also understand it, mm. um, but I very extreme. Like it's a very extreme thing of either all good or all bad. Yeah, it, it is very, and I just hope that people don't wait until or like how people won't let anyone change their heart without thinking twice i hope Mm. we we just don't make choices because someone we look up to made that choice i hope we question every personal choice we do you know with our own knowledge and with our own philosophies because that will definitely benefit the, the world the most um, I like it when people think for themselves. I admire people that stand strongly in their own mind and and think um, through every choice they do, you know, mm-hmm. that are mm-hmm. aware. And um, I don't know. Yeah, it's very uh, important, I well, think. There's, there's such a big difference between admiring someone and finding a home in their music, like you talked about versus almost like the word that came to mind was worship in a way where you don't question what someone does or when you just sort of blindly follow or conversely like with stand culture like I guess the opposite of stand culture would be like cancel culture where then that's really yeah thing as well yeah and it's I'm sorry for the people or like it's a it's very strange because I guess you know a 30 years ago people did kids do mistakes and there are many kids getting cancelled in the age of only like 16 yeah and stuff like that and i find it really um in some cases i find it good that the tolerance for doing a mistake is really low but but still kids do mistakes do mistakes and i think it's a it's very worrying this cancel culture because it kind of um, makes it okay to bully, I guess. 
which yeah. is which is and will always be a very destructive thing in in humans in humankind so that's really sad well and i feel like it doesn't give people the opportunity to learn in the ways that you and i were just talking about about like learning about anti-racism and learning how to do better it's like it's one thing if someone does purposely cause harm, but it's another if someone doesn't understand that they've caused harm and not giving them the opportunity to like learn to do better and then see like, you know, if they continue to do harm, then, then maybe <laughs> don't pay attention yeah. to them. But, <laughs> but in, <laughs> in good faith, offering someone the chance to learn to do better, I think is really powerful. Yes, because then, you know, you are left with one, one more human on the good team you know in the end <laughs> and it's, uh, i just hope people have the right motivations because it feels like when you're getting cancelled you apologize because you don't want to be cancelled anymore you don't apologize because you've had time to understand your damage mm-hmm. or the damage you've afflicted to other people so mm-hmm. i hope just the motivation in doing better is the right one not being loved more but to actually um you know for uh, empathic reasons if that makes sense yeah and there's a lot of power in taking accountability right because i think about how much that means at least in my personal life if you know if someone has hurt me, if they do genuinely apologize and do better to not hurt me in the future, like maybe my trust has been kind of like dinged a little bit. Um, but it's possible to rebuild it um, if you try. <laughs> but it would be very, it would be very sad if I didn't give people the chance to at least try. Yes, I think so too. I like that we are calling each other out for the rudeness because that's good. That that moves the the world forward. But I hope that we also give each other one more chance to to be loved. Because it's the it's the most divine thing in the world. Like that's literally your song. <laughs> that's <laughs> it is. <laughs> I loved the visuals too. It reminded me of. Ed the beautiful picture of the Venus de Milo, like just all the colors and the seashell. And I was just like, oh, yes, yes. yes. <laughs> it was a very fun video to, to direct because um, you had to kind of play around with everything you had in, you know, around you because we couldn't really travel anywhere or bring people over to Norway. Yeah. So it's nice to be... Um, what do you call it when you're limited? I like. Yeah. I really enjoyed that. To, to having to work with what you had around you, and yeah, it was a very fun experience. Mm-hmm. It is really weird that sometimes taking away elements, then you have to get even craftier with the ones that you have. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> I loved um, the headpiece that you wore. I noticed in the photos too. It looked like. The string of pearls was exactly the right length for your bangs. Mm-hmm. Yes, I made it myself, <gasps> so I guess that's why it works so well. Um, I just had some extra time because I was actually quarantined the two weeks before the video was made because I I just came from England uh-huh. when the border shut in Norway. Yeah, and I um I remember I was just bored in my in my house in my apartment. <laughs> I was I was kind of peeling off all the pearls I had and beads on any old dress or any old purse mm-hmm. in my big vintage uh closet. Mm-hmm. Um, so I just, you know, I took off all the pearls and then I remade them into this hat. <laughs> oh my gosh, that's amazing. It was very fun. And I love that that's like exactly how I would imagine one would spend the best two weeks quarantine is going, okay, I'm going to find every, <laughs> every spare pearl. And you found the exact right amount that they looked perfect on your forehead. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> I do sometimes wonder what, you know, what I would do with a two week quarantine if 
I like the idea of finding every pearl and making the perfect headdress. Yes. That really, <laughs> it took some time. It took like th three days to, to hunt everything down. Wow. Because I wanted to find something that was a little golden, something that was a little purple. So it took time to kind of look through everything. But it was fun and I had time. <laughs> I was going to say, that's a good use of time. <laughs> that's... Yeah. I love I love slow processes processes mm -hmm. a slow process I love spending a lot of time in doing one thing I get carried away quite easily into one specific thing and I can sit and and concentrate on one thing for quite a long time mm -hmm. about yeah so I I I, I sat on my table for like 20 hours a day oh my gosh reading this hat <laughs> and some like a belt and some um bracelets for my feet and my hands and yeah it was um it's good it's good um, i don't know i get really carried away with things but sometimes it's good and sometimes it's it's bad for the neck but it's good for the um, <laughs> <laughs> <gasps> that's how I think of my attention sometimes. I feel like like my mind and my attention are like a really powerful laser, but sometimes they have like a really faulty steering wheel. <laughs> like, <laughs> like occasionally it will be just directed on a project and I'm like, no, I need to go and maybe eat some food. And my brain is like, mm -mm. oh no, we're just going to keep working on this. It's too interesting. <laughs> <laughs> Gosh, I was thinking about how you put on the festival and I was wondering, like, do you think you'll do something like that in the future? Like, was that something that caught your attention in that way, especially with the learning curve of interviewing people? Like, did it kind of catch your attention to make you yeah. want to do more of it? Yeah, I think I want to do it again, maybe even this year. Nice. Yeah, because it was fun and many people were happy in the end. And then... Is worth doing again. <laughs> so yeah, I think I'll, I'll do it again. Maybe I'll make it into a little tradition for me and my fans. <laughs> hmm. I really like that. Gosh, I was thinking about how you put on the festival and I was wondering, like, do you think you'll do something like that in the future? Like, was that something that caught your attention in that way, especially with the learning curve of interviewing people? Like, did it kind of catch your attention to make you yeah. want to do more of it? Yeah, I think I want to do it again. Maybe even this year. Nice. Yeah, because it was fun and many people were happy in the end. And then it's worth doing again. <laughs> so yeah, I think I'll, I'll do it again. Maybe I'll make it into a little tradition for me and my fans. <laughs> I really like that in that nothingness like in kind of that blank space it's almost like reaffirmed the things that do give me purpose like it's oh, yeah. yeah it's like highlighted them in a way oh yes definitely and even like um oh yes it it really has it, it's highlighted a lot of good and bad things and it's uh, i hope it will shape my path and all of our path forward in in the best ways you yeah. know i hope the way you are forced to kind of enjoy and really put energy into small things i hope that we'll take that with us <laughs> that's Definitely. the meal of the day it's very important and it's um it's a big thing i hope that i'll take with me these magical things that the the pandemic kind of have forced out of me um, and also just spending time not knowing what will happen today. I quite enjoy that too, because I always know what will happen. Ah! And then also, we have more time to really look out in the world. And it's good to kind of really check up upon what's happening out there and figuring out ways you can you can help. Yeah. And mm. that's so fascinating what you said about that 
you're like, oh, but I know what's going to happen today. And I'd imagine that being on tour, in some ways, it's almost like Groundhog Day. Like in a way, like the the restrictions made it so you weren't sure what was coming up. That's fascinating. Yeah, it is very fascinating. And I like that also it gave room to help people. Well, what happens when things have healed a bit? Like how do we keep up the yeah. activism? Like how do, we, how do we make sure that people don't forget, I guess? I think that's the right question to just keep asking ourselves and our friends and our neighbors and the people in the store and just really stay woke and aware. And I think it's, it's harder to trick people into contributing to systematic racism now that people are more aware than ever. Yeah. Because it's easy to trick even the kindest people to be a part of the wrong system just because they're born into it. But now, for the first time in a little while, um, people are actually raising a question to the matter. And I think it will be harder to, to break that awareness down again now that it's already there. I hope so, at least. It was a delight to talk to you and thank you again. And hopefully we will see each other in a pool in Reykjavik again soon. Yes, I hope so. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you again for listening to this episode of Why Not Both? If you liked what you heard, please make sure to like us and subscribe to us on your preferred podcast platform. You can also come hang out with us on social media. We are at WNB the podcast, both on Instagram and on Twitter. This season, we are brought to you by Under the Radar magazine. Under the Radar is a nationally distributed print, music, and entertainment magazine and website. You can find them at www.undertheradarmag.com and feel free to support them on Patreon. Extra special thanks to our producer, Laura Studeris, who is literally a rock star. Thanks again, and I look forward to seeing you next episode.